When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Delicious Podcast's Extra Portions, the bits from the interviews featured in the monthly podcasts that we just couldn't waste. This week, Philip Limbury, Chief Executive at Compassion and World Farming and author of Dead Zone, Where the Wild Things Were, introduces us to his chickens before reminding us how to save the world's wildlife through our daily food choices. We've got eight chickens, uh, of which seven hens and a cockerel, Louie, uh, and one mandarin duck. And they've all come to us as waifs and strays. Uh, one way or another, they're either ex-commercial hens that were destined for slaughter, so we had them, or as you can see, one or two um, silkies here that needed a good home. And uh, yeah. Now they're out. One of the reasons that I haven't got chickens at the moment, even though I, I went as far as almost to buy them last week, and I just thought I don't want because of bird flu, we we'd have to keep them caged. No, they're they're out now because the the lockdown restriction by the government for this area at least has been uh, has been lifted. Oh, okay. So these are all out. They did spend three months, as you can see. They've got quite a big coop with veranda, and we we extended it uh, using wire so whilst they were locked in they did have a spacious environment yes and you haven't got that many there's only eight of them and they're all knocking around quite happily together exactly. so um i'm just thinking uh, in terms of a takeout are we going to go and sit we over there sit oh let's sit are. out on the veranda with the with the chickens and the duck and and your your hen house, um, I can see a, a hen up the up the ladder, having a little bit of quiet time, yes. um, and lots to play with, lots of things to keep them happy. Yeah, they've got all the things which hens love. I mean, they they, they love to have different rooms. They've got uh, their bedroom where they sleep. They've got their nest boxes where they lay their eggs. They come down and they've got their veranda for scratching and for having their breakfast. And then they come out into their into their run uh, and they look for you know worms and tasty morsels and generally have a lovely time. Yeah. Now this is. I mean, actually, I picked that tip up from your book, uh, Dead Zone, where the wild things were which is a fabulous title thank you um and i thought right you're absolutely right i need to have chickens we all need to have chickens in our lives but they do want a two-story three-bedroom house with veranda don't they they do you have to look after them right but actually you know if you know the basics they're really easy to look after they you know, they they get themselves out in the in the morning if you you know once you let the pop holes uh open and uh, they'll put themselves away at night they're very self-sufficient yeah and you haven't really got a problem with foxes here have you even though we are in the 
middle of a beautiful village. That's right. We don't tend to touch wood. We don't tend to have a fox problem here. And, you know, we take precautions. You know, we make sure that uh, uh, that they're away at dusk. uh, And we make sure that we let them out after dawn. Which takes us on to the to, to the book. Now, one of the the, the book is a very uh, engaging book. It's a it's a wonderfully a wonderful read for a start, but it also makes me feel very guilty about not having animals. I mean, I've got three dogs and a cat, but that doesn't kind of matter. Your argument is that we've lost our connection with food, and we've lost our connection with the animals that produce that food. And having chickens is one of the answers. That, well, that's right. I mean, it's not the only answer, of course. I think another big answer is to you know, save the planet, um, stop animal cruelty and save endangered wildlife through your food choices. And the food choices I would advocate are pasture-fed, free-range or organic, whether it be meat, milk or eggs. But it is that having the connection, of course, not everybody can have chickens, but having more free-range chickens in, in more people's homes, would that? are you arguing that that would help us to get that connection back? In the old days, most people had a cow or a pig or some chickens. Yeah, I think as long as the animals are well looked after and uh, you know their needs are attended to, then I think having that connection is very important. You know, because chickens, pigs, cattle—they're sentient beings. They're sentient creatures. Uh, they have the ability to feel pain and suffer. Um, yet, uh, the majority of farm animals, be it in Britain, Europe, or worldwide, are factory farmed, where they're caged, crammed, and confined, and kept in conditions that often can only be described as of utter deprivation that's no way to live in my view but what the the, the argument that you make is there is a clear trajectory between junk food that you're you know eating and buying in that kind of bog off mentality buy one get one free to climate change and habitat destruction yeah, what I found, I did a global investigation, so I went to places like the US, Sumatra, Brazil, and what I saw very, very clearly was that factory farming, industrial farming, uh, is a big driver of wildlife losses. Uh, and so that really brought it home to me that what happens when we take farm animals off of the land and put them in factory farms is that that may look like a space-saving idea but it isn't because their feed is then grown elsewhere often in huge prairies uh, using chemical fertilizers and and pesticides and it sets off a cascade of cruelty if you like it's not just the farm animals that disappear from the land but it's also the trees the bushes the hedges the insects the wild flowers, which means that the birds, bats, bees, jaguars, elephants and penguins also disappear. All of this is documented in my book. And so that's why I believe that for the sake of the farm animals, for the sake of wildlife and for the sake of the legacy we're leaving our children, we should think carefully about the food that we're buying and avoid cheap meat, instead going for that pasture-fed, free-range or organic meat, milk and eggs. Mm. Now you're one of the most influential people in the food industry and you work very closely with the food industry. You're not an enemy of theirs. You know, the whole title Compassion in World Farming is all about dialogue, I presume. How do you have those meaningful dialogues that actually change people's minds in the food industry? Well, I think that uh, our attitude to things is that we, we approach 
corporations, food companies, uh, with the view that we're looking to convert people and convert companies to doing the right thing rather than simply browbeating them. And it's a methodology that, that works. We work with over 700 companies internationally now, some of the biggest names, Sainsbury's, Unilever, McDonald's, uh, getting them to make widespread changes using only cage-free or free-range eggs, uh, using only uh, uh, grass-based uh, dairy products, for example. Uh, and I think that um, you know, we always want, we, we felt as an organisation, Compassion and Well Farming, that we want to enlist the help of Goliath in what is a monumental task, which is changing the food system to save the planet. Is it the food industry, though? Is it, or is it the government, or is it the customer, where we really need to focus attention on? It's all three. Uh, what I believe is that the situation facing us now, be it animal cruelty, uh, wildlife decline, or essentially the nutritional value of our food, things are now getting so serious that governments really do have to roll up their sleeves and get involved. Uh, how, in terms of health and climate change? In terms of health and climate change, yes, because what happens is once you take animals off of the land, when you take cattle off of pasture and put them in mega dairies or feedlots, for example, or you take hens off of the off of pasture rearing, um, what happens is that uh, the, the nutritional quality of the food declines as a result. They're then fed on grain, which can be soya from, uh, from faraway continents, or it can be cereals grown in chemical soaked prairies here in Britain or in Europe uh, and what that means is that uh, the food often is higher in saturated fat and lower in health giving nutrients so whether it be your health whether it be animal cruelty or whether it be wildlife declines things are getting serious governments need to get involved corporations need to get involved and it, it's great to see a, a burgeoning movement of caring compassionate consumers also going out there demanding better food from their supermarkets. And is that the single most important thing you would say to a delicious reader, delicious listener through the podcast? You know, what do they need to do? We all have the power to end an awful lot of farm animal cruelty and save wildlife three times a day through the food choices that we make. So to ram home that message, what I would ask people to do is... For the sake of your children, farm animals and wildlife, go for pasture-fed, free-range or organic. Can you do that by going to the better supermarkets? I think you can do that pretty much uh, across the board these days. Uh, you know, the, the, going to the old favourites like Waitrose and Marks and Spencer. Um, and increasingly, uh, other supermarkets too are stocking free-range products and uh, we've seen all of the UK retailers the major retailers be it Tesco Asda and the like actually pledging not to sell battery caged eggs in the future uh, and they've given a specific timeline on that so we are looking towards having a cage-free high street uh, but it's more than that of course it is making sure that that your that the meat that you buy is pasture fed uh, or organic uh, so you know there is a little bit of watching the label uh, to be done.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.